0: And welcome, everybody, to another episode of This Week in X, presented by Crushing Comics. We are here to talk about comics together because we think comics are better when they're read together. And that's why we want to read them and discuss them with each other And with you. And the things we're discussing today are the X Men comics out on the 30th of December 2020, the last release date of the year. And those two comics are Wolverine issue number eight and X Men issue number 16. So, spoiler warning, we're going to talk about everything in these two issues. We're going to talk about all the X Men comics leading up to these issues. We might even mention other events in the Marvel Universe. So, prepare to be thoroughly spoiled if you continue listening and watching, which we so very much hope that you do. So with that out of the way, let's talk to my colleagues, my co-hosts, and my friends, Tyler and Harry. Tyler, let me ask you, have you ever tried to reconnect with an old friend and you just couldn't remake that connection? Um,
1: I would say maybe yes, because, um, well, I mean, it, it is because I'm no longer living in Singapore. So mm. my childhood friends, um, we're really not really not that childhood, but it's like my secondary school friends, which is, you know, um from thirteen to sixteen years old. Um, we I mean we still meet up and we still but the connection is a little bit off basically because, you know, they are all married with kids and mm. living in Singapore and I'm single and you know, and in New York City. So so there is a little bit of a distance and a different circumstances that we are in right now that sometimes the commonality is no longer there. You know, I mean, we still reminiscence about the past, but when it comes to the present, it's a little bit of a mismatch here.
0: In that yeah, and I guess that that's like kind of a immigrant story to a degree or anybody who's really moved far distances because... I'm starting to discover that now, like we're going into year four of being away from friends and it's mm-hmm. like, sometimes there's just no current events to discuss, especially in this past year, because my current events are so different than their current events. Yeah, it's it's exactly. definitely a factor. Especially when one of your islands has been in a in a hellscape <laughs> on the other side of limbo for <laughs> centuries, but we'll get there. Uh, so, Harry, have you ever had the experience of like rewatching a cherished favorite like cartoon or, or, or program of your youth and it just doesn't hit the same now that you're an adult as when you originally watched it and loved it
2: yes i usually try to stay away from the nostalgia trap trying Mm. to see like if i get those old feelings back but um i used to really like ed ed and eddie on cartoon network and uh it there's some kind of energy there that i liked as a child and now going back to it uh it's a little obnoxious (laughs) but um (laughs) i don't know maybe (laughs) maybe coming curmudgeonly but uh it's it's a little just not super funny and that was disappointing because it felt like uh some part of me had shifted but i guess that also is how you stay fresh and, and, you know, open to new experiences. So that's Mm. the other way to look at it.
0: All right. Well, with everyone introduced, we are going to dive in to this week's issues. All right. So as is our custom, we're going to go one round of kind of lightning round first impressions. What is your, in a brief pitch, takeaway from this book, Tyler?
1: I am not impressed by this issue at all. I mean there were some I mean there's one nice action sequence by Kubert, one cool security system, and a good data page. But the main character, Wolverine, sounds very, very off to me.
2: Hmm.
0: Harry. First impression. Seat.
2: Um I don't want this. <laughs> I really did not enjoy reading it um tower <laughs> on your point i don't think he sounds off character it kind of sounds like someone writing a parody of wolverine um this really didn't do anything for me at all uh i thought the art was was pretty rough uh, i thought mm. Hubert was fine i think he draws maybe the worst docken of of all time um and uh yeah i just don't really have a lot good to say about this issue um, i did like that one data page um b- but yeah That's all I got.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as much as I love to try to balance the two of you usually, I also came down on the negative side on this issue. Maybe for a slightly different reason. I... I feel like it feels like the footnotes to X-Force, and we'll get into mm-hmm. this, but it yep. feels like very much like the footnotes or the B side of what's going on in the X-Force issue. It doesn't feel like a lot of unique things happened or were developed here to continue the exciting parts from before X of Swords. And also, goddammit, I'm a 90s comic reader, and if you put Maverick fighting Wolverine on the cover, you better have Maverick fighting Wolverine issue. <laughs> and that didn't happen. So no, I it was did not- I kept being like, We're almost there, we're almost there. Where's my bike? <laughs> nope. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Outrageous So yeah And I was outraged Because it was outrageous
1: (laughs) No I totally agree with that part About the B story Because It it feels like It's a Avengers New Avengers type of situation Or Fantastic Four And FF situation Mm. But The ties are not Good enough And the uniqueness Are not good enough So I mean, I 100% agree with you, you know, that yeah. it, it feels like footnotes.
0: Well, in those instances, too, because, I mean, we've all, we've read all those comics. Yeah. Is that, like, Avengers and New Avengers by Hickman, it was like they had distinct casts. Or New Avengers was there to look at a specific thing. And with right. Fantastic Four and Future Foundation, it was like Future Foundation was there to explore the ramifications and the kids. Whereas F4 was kind of the main plot driver. And even though it could feel a little footnoty if you liked the kids, Future Foundation kind of did that for you. But here I don't really understand the differentiation like it feels oh. like okay it's going to be a little bit more of a Wolverine focused yeah. but then we have a pretty lengthy sequence with Beast which really feels like it should have been an X-Force given mm-hmm. the development Beast was getting in X-Force and then we kind of have this and I'm sure we'll talk about it scene with Gabby and Daken where it kind of just feels out of the blue cuz I don't know I was really confused it's, yeah. befuddled it's in-
2: <laughs> it's so disorienting i thought i missed something i was like yeah. what is happening like what is going on Like, i don't where did this all start with omega i, I don't know it just it brought me the wrong way
0: well mm-hmm. let's start at the start for just a second here so wolverine decides that he's going to walk through the gate and have a brewski in the mm-hmm. backyard of this agent who he befriended in the earlier arcs in this book uh jeff bannister do we buy that wolverine is like driving the plot this way like to me that felt very artificial as a setup like oh yeah Wolverine has all the stuff to do on the moon but never mind he's back in the backyard having a beer with Jeff Bannister because that connection was forged so strongly in the opening four or five <laughs> issues of the <this> book <laughs> mm, not I, really I, <laughs> no,
2: and it's weird that they're having a beer at, like, 9 o'clock at night or whatever time it is. And it's just weird that the first thing he does is, like, hey, let me tell you a cool story about, like, me committing a war crime in Iraq no, or whatever. I don't want to. War crime theater. with. <laughs> he, yeah. was, he was like, tell me a story. Okay, yeah. I'll start off. So I murdered yeah. some Americans on accident. It was just like, okay. okay. <laughs> and oh, there's yeah. just... There's some writing here that's just like, just some specific lines, just like uh, Bannister going long day and Wolverine going, it's a long life. And I'm like, that I, that's not, that's not it. No, but <laughs> like, come it's, on.
1: It's, it feels like um, they're trying to be cool and edgy, right? And, and yeah. it felt so off. It's like, why are they doing that? And then, and then it comes right, at, I mean, at the end of this prologue, you know, it ends with like, oh, you know, there's, we have this secret behind the scene thing called X-Desk that is, um, focusing on, uh, that has the, the mutants are in the crosshair. But I'm like, okay, firstly, Storm already met with them. They already told Kate, and because they couldn't reach Kate, I think, they told Storm about the kids, you know, the Hellfire kids, um, in Maripor, trying to poison people and you know push put the blame on Krakoa by by making the drugs you know dangerous and and, and with poison, and in fact, Jeff Bannister in one of the data pages in Marauders and that is Marauders issue nine, fed information to X desk. So like what, why is he saying this behind the behind the scene like it's so secretive? Is out in the open, everybody know that there is an X desk?
0: Right, like, wasn't that the scene with Storm in the subway car? Like, I, yeah, I, this was. Exactly. I felt like he was being gaslit. Like, you, you don't remember all of those things I know. that you read I'm before like, X of Swords. What? Everything is I, different now. And I was like, hold up a second. I definitely remember meeting somebody from X All those things you just said, I definitely exactly. remember. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I went con- back.
1: I went back to take a look. I mean, I looked through all the times where X Dash were mentioned in Marauders, and specifically in issue nine. You know, she said that Jeff Bannister gave him gave her information about the Russians. Uh, 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 I think yeah, about the first arc, basically Wolverine's first arc. The you know that that what what was that angel thing with the dust and whatever. So that was like I'm like, wait, why are we doing this? Like, I'm so not weird. gonna
2: lie. I that first opening was so long and boring that when we got to the credits page, I actually thought that was the end of the issue. <laughs> Me too. I, reading. Yes. I was like, okay, then, like,
0: well, I guess that's that's an issue. I guess let's reestablish yeah. things.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I had to is, go back and I'm like, oh my God, there's 20 more pages.
0: Like, because oh. this is
1: an extra length issue because yes. it's uh, supposed to be a special 350th
0: issue of Wolverine. It ain't that special. And this so, is what they gave us. Yeah, so let's... Let's now get to the next part, which is these very anonymous, masked gentlemen continue their string of break-ins to places to try to steal information that's mutanty, mutant-esque, mutant-associated, and this time they're stealing Logan's dog tags. Yeah, <laughs> they they're stealing them. stuff to sell. They can sell probably get those made at a local pet store. Like I just. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You can get them at a kiosk at any gift shop in America. I yeah. promise. Like, yeah. Just
0: right in the mall, right in that center part of the mall <laughs> where all the little kiosks are.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know what, like, what the opposite of excitement was, but that little section, I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't. I, this is a lot of page for just them taking stuff from Logan, which I think we'd
0: already kind of gotten to just for. So I I don't know. At a US government black site. like what? To, you only get to play those games of like undisclosed location if you've established our interest, right? Like, if you haven't established our interest, then you need to use that to establish interest. Like, you know, at the government archive of war crimes committed by Logan, there are many. You know, like, (laughs) that. then then you give us a reason to engage as a reader. But it kind of just feels like it's all very oblique. Like, we don't know who the people are. They don't have faces. We don't know where they are, which is fine if you have an engaging mystery. But then this Mm -hmm. isn't an engaging mystery. And so it just kind of. I mean
1: even at this point we don't uh, like at this juncture in the story you don't know who these masked people are yeah because they don't look the same as when they first appear uh, in X-Force so I mean when I I started reading this I was like oh okay so this is another new group of you know supervillain or whatever that is you know it's a new story but then later on we find
0: out they are the same group Oh. Onward. So now we're on right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And actually, artistically, this is the sequence that worked the best for me, which is the Omega Red sequence. And I think yep. for the same reason that Harry doesn't like the Daken, the very strange Dokken, that Bro. Cooper draws... I like when Cooper draws him big and beefy. I like when Cooper <laughs> does big people, characters, because I find that his... Smaller characters can come off a little gawky sometimes, but I like it. I like a nice beefy Cooper character. And so this opening page yeah. with Omega's red, just Omega red, Omega's red, Omega red's face, <laughs> Omega's just, red, just like filling up the panel if the sniffs out something and, and it's yeah. blood. And I actually just found myself lost in the art for a moment, mm-hmm. which, which was a nice feeling. A, because I like getting lost in comic art. And B, because this this wasn't really super holding my attention. I also yeah. like the way that the page was carved up, that there were these tall vertical panels, but then he split one split set of vertical panels. It was just yeah. a nice break from like people who rely on nine panel grid all the time to mm-hmm. see a slightly different panel set up. In uh, a page, so I guess any comments on the art, like why did Dakin come off so bad for you here, Harry?
2: It, it, it's not his beefy status. I think that looks great. It's that he's got the most trash facial hair and top knot that I've seen. <laughs> like, like I think Baldeon draws it well, and here he looks like the guy outside the Seven Eleven. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But, and and okay. Harry
0: spends a lot of time in Florida, so he knows from sketchy characters <laughs> yeah, that are outside. I know of from store.
2: I know from people outside gas stations. Let me tell you, <laughs> Dawkins Moonlight on is one of them on his off hours.
0: <laughs> also, he has no, like it... no neck in any of the panels. <laughs> his head just is coming out of his body like directly. Uh, There's a little hint of neck. maybe it's just like over muscular. There's a little hint yeah. of neck, but it really kind of just feels like his head is. Sink. I can't do it. Like, no so and- I think
1: the other thing also is I, th- I mean I, that's this is the sequence that I said earlier um that I like and the the, the 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 one of the reason is because um Cuba has a specific way of drawing mouth so uh-huh. and it's Typically, when you look, when you see that mouth, you know this is a Kubernetes. art. Ever since Um, the '90s, he's always done mouth. Like
0: he just has a way that he draws mouths.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in 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 this sequence, you know, um, uh, Honey Badger, Darken, and Wolverine all have the same mouth, which kind of makes sense because you know, Honey Badger is a clone of a clone of Wolverine, and Darken is a son of Wolverine. So. So you know, I kind of like it in that way. Mm. And I kind of like also the way he draws and play around with um Omega Red's um tendrils. Is that yeah. what you call them? Yeah. Tendrils. Yeah, a
0: lot of people kinda don't know what to do with them. They either kinda draw them as just these like flaccid things like hanging off yeah. his hands, or they draw them everywhere. And you lose. It's like Doc Ock esque. Like there's two of them, <laughs> and yeah. I feel like there's like a geography thing where you have to decide like what what he's doing with them because they're extensions of him, right? Yeah. And I and I think Kubert does a couple of really fun things in this sequence where he either has them both crossed in front of them or one is reaching forward and one is reaching backward. It actually yeah. feels kind of like a natural biological extension of Omega Red, and I think mm-hmm. Omega Red is actually tricky to draw actually, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of people don't do it really well. So I kind of like I was getting my life a little bit in this section. And you know, with Omega Red from the '90s comes who, Maverick. So I was like, "Oh, cool! Yes. Maverick's gonna look really great." <laughs> right. So, so I have a question:
1: Why is Omega Red being lured by
0: dead animal and blood? Yeah, like how does this extend I from X Force, where we, where it's, they just decided to bring him back with the fake carbonadium, carbonadium thinger? Yeah, and, and it was established mm-hmm. that he's not a vampire; he's just. What was the
1: word mesmerized or whatever by them?
2: so are we were i was assuming this just took place after his resurrection he's getting mm-hmm. back out into the yeah. world uh there's no real n- indication that's what's happening that's just my guess mm-hmm. and i don't know why he went hunting for bear but yeah well it's not hunting for bear it's the trap yeah like
1: there's yeah. blood trail and he's just following the blood trail and i'm like why and isn't that it-
0: jonathan the, the wolverine no. No? There's no a, way. It's really? Because I thought, especially since Scout slash Honey Badger turns up a page later, I assumed that he was being lured out by Jonathan the Wolverine and this no, was a whole family affair. I don't affair. think so. I think he's a no. dead animal.
2: Don't do, don't do us like that, please. Okay. Yeah. Come on.
0: I mean, I didn't assume it was dead. I just thought that he was like the lore. I don't know. That funnel no, was oh, a little confusing.
2: That yeah. that would explain why Honey Badger is so generic and angry in this. Yeah. I don't I haven't read I, my guess, I don't know. I just assumed like maybe like he wanted to use Laura and he can't because yeah. she's stuck in the vault. so he yeah. just used Honey Badger but mm. wrote her as like a generic Wolverine and it just felt wrong. It's like it was like a it just didn't feel right. Well even even if it's Laura,
1: it's wrong because Laura has moved on. I mean, Wolverine has moved on. like why are we <laughs> moving back to the to like this savage Wolverine you know for yeah. so long?
2: This this just this whole character. I mean, it's not. It's just such. A, it's the characterization of Wolverine in this just feels very regressive compared to yeah. every other thing these books are doing. And for Wolverine, it's just like yeah. oh, I can't get over his demons yeah. and always oh, worried about violence to come. And I'm like, I've read this two thousand times. Well,
0: like, also, it doesn't even line up with where we left off with Percy and X Force a, a week ago. You know, like it doesn't. <laughs> um, so, and the other thing here is the one thing that I liked was that Omega Red kind of used it to turn around the doubt at Wolverine. He's like, we've both been mesmerized. Like, why am I getting painted as a villain here? And one of the things I enjoy about Omega Red, but also about any kind of, like, madman villain, is when you have the madman briefly speak the truth and you kind of, like, flip the platter a little Mm -hmm. bit, like, ooh, who are we supposed to believe now? And that, I thought, was, like, a deft turn. Like, we've been viewing this whole series from Wolverine's point of view so often mm. but it, but we established in the first issue which i think was great i think the first issue was actually the best issue mm-hmm. in the series that wolverine's point of view can't be trusted because he's been used by that psychic g- girl vision lady person yeah. he's been used by dracula and i think that it was important that omega red is like why do we why are we supposed to believe you uh again tr- you know just a mislead or yeah. madman speaking the truth well, and also I think the fight just suddenly stops
1: because, yeah. Yeah. like, you know, <laughs> it was really weird. It, and it feels like, weird. Yeah. And I, I mean, my... This is the part where I, where I, I mean, took the sequence as after they resurrected um, oh, it has Omega to Red. Yeah. yeah, because I think Wolverine is kind of testing him to see if he actually remembers anything else. Yeah. And in this case, it really appears that he does not. Mm-hmm. and Which means that Beast's plan worked. They actually resurrected
0: him with missing memories. That was, if that was what was intended, that was way, way, way subtextual. It was, the, the text I, was underground.
2: I know. <laughs> That's how I read it, but I was really struggling. I was like, I guess this is what this is. Like, this isn't the kind of thing no. where, like, you know, scenes here are like yeah. supporting X Force. It feels exactly. like I- integral deleted scenes from X Force that, yeah. like, isn't satisfying on its own. It's it's like the opposite of what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And the thing is also, if you're reading just Wolverine, you'll be super confused by this.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing about it being kind of like the B-side or the counterpart. And it doesn't even like straight up say in a box, like from X-Force or like when Beast and I, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. hint enough. Does and with nuts. the subtext, I feel bad for people who are not reading X-Force and reading Wolverine. And we know there are, because some people just mm-hmm. buy Wolverine books. That's what they buy. Yeah. Like I don't know how they would have any idea of what was happening here. Uh, after this fight, we get this data page, which I think works on two levels, right? This mm-hmm. idea that uh, Z- Beast has dis- dis- ter- created his own... Actually, no. Forge has created their own tech with Beast that are yeah. stones that are listening devices, which actually doesn't... I mean, I guess they're derived from Krakoa, and so they're still part of this whole earthen-slashed biological thing. I was like, why yeah. aren't they flowers? But stones make sense. <laughs> and... Yeah. Um, and they're basically the Krokoan Echo or whatever those listening devices that y'all put in your homes, as if that's safe now. I'm, I'm a yes. I don't I don't have any. I don't have any of those. That should be oh, yeah. that should have been what we discussed at the top of the episode. I have a friend who, one <laughs> of my, one of my best Amazon. friends, um, just wired her whole house so it like controls all the light bulbs and everything. Mm. And then one of my other friends was like, "Oh yeah, that's great, but then if the internet goes out, you can't turn the light on and off." I'm like, "Who wants that? <laughs> I have enough problems like making sure that like my." You know, like my MacBook has all of the right plugs to go with all of my peripherals. Yeah. I don't want to worry about if I can turn my lights on and off. Well, I mean, the other thing <sighs> also
1: is that, that, I mean, there are news that people hacked into like these uh, mobile uh, doorbells. Yeah. yeah. And basically, you know, started like, or, or hacked into these um, these devices and started scaring kids at home who are alone at home. Mm. Because they could see that they are ho- they are alone. And and you know you know for sure that there are people in this world who will get their password one, two, three, four, five or A B C D E. And
0: one of and those people, as it turns out, is Beast.
2: <laughs> Way to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> like bring it back. <laughs> yeah. But
1: Man. I mean, back to well, this data page, I really enjoyed this data page. Um, well, but so be-
0: my point was it works on two levels, right? There's the yeah. like tee hee hee, but then yeah. there's actually some really interesting things happening in the text. Even yeah. though they're ostensibly just funny. So yeah. back to Tyler. Uh,
1: well, I mean, the one thing that we, we I mean, that is hinted at is that people are starting to notice that the yes. mutants don't die. It's not lining up. Yeah, the numbers <laughs> are not lining up.
2: So yeah. that's the also- part
1: which I think was like, hmm...
2: I was interested just it kinda of seems like it's nodding to Nightcrawler's new religion, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. I was like, cool, we're getting some forward motion. Oh on no, that. no, no,
1: no. That that that, no. that is not the new religion by, no? by Nightcrawler. What is no, it? I don't think so. I think it's the order of, of X. The one the people who, who like who, who like carve an X on the mouth and Makes who sense. worship yeah. the mutants uh, as as yeah.
0: deities. I mean it's hard to know what? because Yeah, it's hard, hard to know. <sighs> Again, the subtext yeah, it's deep Please. underground. <laughs> yeah, so it also let, it does. Go ahead.
2: Go on. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just doesn't help that this is a Morgan X Force thing. It doesn't help that this page seems like it should be an X Force. and exactly. adds to Like the, aim, the aimlessness of all, of these two books, you know, it just feels like a, a miasma. But I know. Yeah. That
1: that was my that that was that was in my notes as well. Oh, this sorry. should be in x He wrote
0: Miasma. No, he didn't. But it's a great... <laughs> no, not, <laughs> that, not, that word. Word. <laughs> not that word. Not that word.
1: No, but, but I did say that... I, I did feel like this, this page should be in X-Force because,
0: you know, they are listening. Well, let me just put a tag on that because I think you two really said it beautifully is that I enjoy that it shows that Krakoa is starting to be responded to as a culture. I think mm-hmm. that's the interesting thing. It's not just... These mutants, blah blotty, blah, blah. It's like Charles' Xavier as this rich man, this businessman, he's got property. he they're on the moon, too, right? Yeah. um, then the thing about death and life, about religion, like it this is actually what we were promised. This return mm-hmm. to the idea of mutants as culture. It's what mm-hmm. Hickman has been seeding his title. It's what's been we've been told is happening, but because we're not seeing a lot of the outside world, we haven't really seen a lot of impact of it. And even though yeah. this is just a brief, ostensibly funny data page, I'm like, ooh, it's interesting because people are starting to react to them other than what's been happening in a lot of Marvel titles right now, which is somebody just saying, I don't know, have you heard about what's happening on Krakoa? <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. really... It's, because they have to be in specific because they're not really allowed to tie in. And yeah. so th- this is kind of, Especially because the one I think the hey, Patsy, what do you think of this Bordeaux seems to explicitly be... At first, I thought it was supposed to be Tony Stark because Patsy Walker is in his title right now. But Uh then he Mm -hmm. wouldn't be drinking. So it's probably Uh, not Tony Stark. So I was confused. On first read, I was like, oh, this is a tie into Christopher Cantwell's Iron Man. Anyway. All right, continuing. Uh, Look, we're at the end here. Uh, you know, Beast and, and Sage decide that Wolverine's going to go on a mission. He goes on a mission, intercepts one of these um, break-ins, but the guy is killed before he can get to the bottom of it, although he already assumes it's Maverick. And then they decide that Sage is, I think Sage again, is going to help him into this tuxedo and monologue about it, even though he wears a patched tuxedo all the time. time. And, and then he's going to go to Madripoor because we don't spend enough time in Madripoor in the X-Men books. <laughs> the end and then the issue just ends like as yeah. if somebody just tore the other pages right
1: out of the back of it and it just stops <laughs> well we we have to talk about your favorite characters security system
0: yeah, didn't somebody say they thought the security system was interesting? This is your moment to shine. Yeah. Was it you, Harry?
1: <laughs> it was me. Oh, uh, <laughs> it was you. <laughs> no, because yeah. like, I, I really like it. I mean, I like that, you know, um, Dazzler has some sound.
0: Oh, yeah. And That's that cool. reference cool. is a reference to, like, we've seen that, I think, in... Mm-hmm. Other, pl- I don't know. It reminded me of when Dazzler first washes up from the Siege Parallelist in 260, and it's actually when okay. like Shani takes her in, but then she has her own place, and then the crazy fan stalks her. I know it's probably not meant to be the same place, but it just reminded me of that. Ah. And I was like, "Oh, is Dazzler, like, I'm, I'm like, is Dazzler going to be in this? In this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no,
1: unfortunately, no, no, I don't, we, we don't know where she is right now.
0: Yeah, yeah so we there's there's alarm even seen her.
1: We saw, we saw her in two in house of... two panels, I think. With Siren one, having a party. Yeah, yeah Siren. Yeah. And then the other one, I think she was playing back up
0: to uh, Layla. Mm. A, Come X-Fost on, Leo Williams. Adopt to Allison for your buck. <laughs> yeah, you need bring some her. Williams dazzler. So anyway, Wolverine's casing out Dazzler's non Krokoan pad yeah. and catches this one last mercenary, but the guy's executed before you yeah. can give up enough information to Wolverine. So now both Rufus and Rufus-Owner is dead. Oh. Um.
2: Uh, That's so funny. He's just like, please, <laughs> what about my dog who we know isn't great? What about my dog? My dog. And then he dies.
0: <laughs> and like, again, totally relying on X-Force for yeah. the joke to land.
2: <laughs> for the joke to work. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is like, I mean, the, the thing is this, this whole thing is just so off for me. Like, I, I mean, I don't want to go into a rant, but like, what what's up with Wolverine in the suit? Why? Why is he undercover as Patch in Madripoor? People know that he's know. Wolverine. Yeah. So <laughs> why? I
0: don't it's understand. A very,
2: it's a very distinct image. Like I'm pretty sure you can do that once or twice, and then yeah. they know.
0: <laughs> and even if we, even if we take as as red that like that still works on some subterfuge level, and not mm. everybody in Madripoor knows. Yeah. Did we need this whole sequence of like? I guess you've got to go undercover as Patch. Like we, as the yeah. reader, know. Yeah. Even the one reader didn't need that much buildup.
1: And why, mm. I mean, and while Beast is sort of in character in the sense like he's very, very condescending, I mean Wolverine is like, well, I have I've done this so many times before. Yes, you have. Well, yeah. And <laughs> yes, it's like, why do you need to tell me all this? Like she, he would have shut him up. And the other thing is, why is Medipol currency in Thai But? <sniffs> I mean, four hundred thousand bahts is just 13,000 US dollars. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. you're putting
0: down a lot to get into the <laughs> Yeah, room. I was like,
2: uh,
1: <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> it, it 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 makes it makes very little sense because if you want to use a currency, your base of a you know an international currency, you don't want to use something that is not universally sort of like known in a way, right? I mean, you can use. I mean, you use USD, that's a very good one because I think this is the current thing. You can use, um, if you really want, you can use gold, which is also a really good, um, you know, s- stable currency in a way. Um, or use something bigger like Chinese yen or something, even though that is like, you know, really controlled. Um, or I don't know, like I, I can think of anything, euro if you want. You know,
0: but using a Thai butt, that sounds so off to me. Yeah, it kind of was like, I get that writers sometimes try to use a currency that people aren't familiar with to try to yeah. throw it to be like, ooh, this is mysterious. But like, yeah. if if you actually live in the world and know a little bit about currency and conversion, like that that's a strange one to have a high dollar amount and then yeah. give that, it just was weird. So I it think like, so final go round here, for me, it just really felt like a lot of the de- the story could have been really interesting but a lot of the mm-hmm. details weren't really well considered like it just seemed like a lot of interesting beats that didn't quite work you know like the break in scene was too long the wolverine yeah. fight in the forest the subtext was too buried and so i'm trying to give this book benefit of the doubt cuz i like percy elsewhere and i'm and mm-hmm. i was ready for a maverick story but i just don't think anything landed in this entire mm-hmm. issue
1: i, I mean yeah, my, my main problem with, is like with the characterization of Wolverine. It's so regressive. I mean, it, it was regressive a little bit. I mean, it was a little bit funny when he peed into Magneto's helmet. It was really upsetting when he tried to kill Session And then over here, it's like, I have no idea. I mean, unless we are going somewhere
0: that his resurrection went wrong. That, I think, and not only his resurrection, but we haven't really had a chance to spend a lot of time with him since he came back from the dead, like, Mm. the the overall comeback from the dead, from his death of Wolverine, and... -hmm. Because he was just in a string of kind of like random mini series, and then the first time we really got him doing anything in an X Men book was really in House of X: Powers of X, and a little bit also in Rosenberg's back half of Uncanny X Men um, 2019. And Mm -hmm. so I think like if you wanted to say that hey, we're exploring these beats that Wolverine's regressed a little bit after after he officially died. That also works for me. But again, the yeah. subtext cannot be in a subterranean bunker. That's not what the sub and no. subtext means. It cannot be below the skunk of Forge. <laughs> yeah. I, Harry, I final mean, thoughts.
2: I, my background with Wolverine is I honestly really like the Jason Aaron stuff because it's a little wackier and goofier, so that's kind of my bedrock. Mm-hmm. And this is a different flavor, but it feels like such a, a caricature of like... Classic Wolverine stuff, and not yeah. in a good way. It just it feels wrong. You guys said already that like the details don't feel right. That that opening conversation with Bannister just is utterly bizarre, and um, clearly, you know, I I was more interested in hearing about the dangers of Amazon surveillance tech than talking <laughs> about this issue. So I don't know. I really this this was just a total misfire for me. Yeah.
0: Now let's just have a round one go around of our first impressions of X Men Sixteen, starting with Tyler.
1: Um, I feel like this issue should have followed immediately after um, Ten of Swords Destruction, um, so that you know the immediacy of the plots um, hits better. Um, there are parts of this issue that I really enjoy, but there are parts that left me agreeing with Magneto in asking. What is the point? I suspect <laughs> what this is the will point? read much better as part of a trade or an omnibus.
2: Yeah, I, I I thought this was I thought this was okay. Um, it definitely felt like kind of just very flat. Um, I don't think this was very good. Phil Noto, um, who I usually enjoy well, a lot.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's um. I mean, it was interesting. The things it's set up are interesting. I am looking forward to the future of what this is setting up. I don't think this issue was that special. It kind of just leaves you ambivalent, Um, but it's got a great ending.
0: I do like where things are going. So I historically have a lack of excitement about Hickman's comics at Marvel, which is weird because I used to love him as an indie author. Uh, And this issue brought me right back to that lack of excitement. It really made me realize that the excitement I was able to feel in X of Swords probably had a lot to do with Teeny Howard co-writing and co-plotting. I mean, when I tell you I have problems with every page and panel of this book, it's one of those... It's not just like I don't like it. Like, there's some X books where I'm like... Eh, Not for me. Like, I think this has craft problems. And I think that they are covered up by the fact that a couple of interesting plot things happen, which X fans are interested in, and they're ignoring the problems with Hickman's bad craft. Mm-hmm. Also, I think Noto is trying. And we can get into an art discussion. I think Noto is trying really hard to make this look different than his work on Cable, and to kind of match what you was doing on this before X of Swords. So he's like go, defining his line work much more, and he's like going much more saturated because I believe he is coloring himself here as he usually does. Yeah, and is. I think I don't think it's bad by any means, but I just think that it's it's so unrecognizable as Noto that it's jarring because he it's. Because he's trying to match a different style.
1: No, I, I definitely agree. So with that maybe art. have art go
0: around first. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah,
1: because when I when the the first section on um, with the Summers family, um, it I was like, did you come back and draw these pages? Because it really has that um, resemblance, and you know, and 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 I really do not like Rachel's armor, and. Especially, you know, she has this collar thing with like, uh, with like a here yeah. that looks like
2: a dog. Leash. It looks like a dog collar, and
0: that I, mean, I mean that's her X Men legacy look, right? Like, shouldn't couldn't we yeah. get her in her X Factor factor? Yeah,
2: she she looks like Scrappy Doo. That's but I mean, like the whole is dude collar.
0: <laughs> I mean, the point is that these mutants all have a lot of different outfits in their closets except mm-hmm. for Jean Grey, and so yeah. they can um, change into different things. Some into it in that way, but I just yeah. don't think... I think that costume was always hard to make look good. It's a weird yeah. costume, and I don't know that Noto succeeds. No. Well, and no. I think
2: it's also that costume... I mean, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it's kind of playing... It's coming back with, you know, issue uh, two, where they kind of established uh, all of the Araco stuff. So it's kind of like a, uh, yes. a return to that. Um, I it just is. think that the figures and just that are very stiff, which is a problem for Noto sometimes. And I just, mm-hmm. not, none of these moments really have any oomph. Like there was a moment later with with uh, Krakoa, like becoming much more an actual figure, but it doesn't really have any impact whatsoever it just it feels like the wrong person to, to draw that scene yeah I... I think the
0: lack of motion really got me in a few places mm. both in the figures and in the environmental stuff when i when I do think back to any positive feelings I had on that original kind of like uh, um crocoa inner island dating issue, mm-hmm. it's because there was a little bit of excitement and motion to like the tendrils eventually coming together and and intertwining. And here, as the tendrils kind of like meet and back away, it just doesn't like the images are so flat. like I couldn't it didn't carry me anywhere, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. some of the expressions of
1: the characters do hit really well, so. But th- that's mean, but
2: that's what Phonoto's good at. Like that's kind of yeah. like that's the expected. That's you know what s- I mean? Like the strength. faces are gonna look good. We got that. But everything else, I'm just like, man, this just feels like waiting in the the doctor's uh, office for you. No, to check I 100
1: percent <laughs> agree with that because the last issue that he did the fight, um, you know, that um, the one that shattered uh, um, Betsy, yeah, that yeah. was really really good. Sure.
0: Well, and the other thing is, this is. Eight pages to establish that the islands are not getting it on. One, two, three. Yeah, eight. It's eight. Well, five with them originally, and then another three with the Doug conversation. And it just made me think back to Giant Size X-Men and like the original Giant of Duckman, and how Wine and Cockrum had a page with so many vertical slices of panels to be like, and then Wolverine and Banshee, or whoever with the pairs were, had a yeah. whole adventure, and they fought crab people, and they climbed a mountain. And it's like, no, but here we need eight pages to tell us what, like the islands won't be friends? It just, this is <laughs> this is my craft issue, and I have this again and again with this H- Hickman, Hickman book, is that w- there's a point established, and then we hammer that point with really big panels that don't need to be that big to like hold the moment that they need to hold and then when we get to the thing that's really interesting usually towards the end of the issue mm-hmm. there's no room for that moment to breathe because yeah. Hickman took so long with this like deliberate setup of like establishing shot tight shot Face shot, reestablishing shot. When all you needed was a page of like Rachel and Cable being like, "Oh, Dad, I don't think they're gonna do anything." And it just, I was so angry by the time we got to the halfway point of this book that the rest of the book could have been like the top fan service of me ever. It could have been Jean lighting the green dress on fire and being like, "Never call me Marvel Girl again." And I still would have given this issue zero stars out of five. Like I was too angry at that point to. And and I don't think the rest of the issue was any good either. But we'll get there. Uh, So why don't we transition into the Doug scene, right? So you would, about Krakoa being more of a mobile en- entity and Doug kind of trying to chaperone their little date with each other. Tyler, in, yeah. in your notes, you call it um, the many rejections, right? There's yeah. a lot of rejection going on. <laughs> yeah, in there's issue. a
1: lot of rejections <laughs> in this issue. That's so, true. Yeah. I mean, the, like, rejection number one is between, <laughs> basically, Ara- Arako basically is like, nope. <laughs> we have drifted too far apart. I'm not changing myself to fit into your happy paradise mode. I think that's the essence
2: of it. I think that's cool and I liked it. I think the way they did it was very flat, as you said mm-hmm. already, Peter. It like it's an interesting idea. I like the idea of, you know now there's two kind of societies coexisting and probably having friction. It kind of lines up with a lot of what Hickman's doing. But um, it didn't... It looked just kind of there. It's kind of stiff. Just big, tall tree, man. But you're, I don't really... It doesn't, like, feel that epic or that big, you know? Yeah, There's like, no sense get, of scale.
0: We get this... Like, that is it exactly. So we have Doug standing in front of the face, which we've seen, and it's actually a really great shot. And then yeah. we expand to this full-page scene of, like, oh, Krakoa stood up. Wow, something's about to happen. And it's, like, a full-page splash. And then the next page is just, again... The him walking over to talk with Arako. Like there's yeah. no reason that there. There's this idea that there's a progression of scale. It's dug by him, dug dwarf by landscape, dug by himself, dug in front of the giant face, the giant Krakoa, and then nothing really happens. Like it, it was thematically building us to a reveal or a piece of conflict or something shocking or something revealing, and then they just sit cross legged in the water and Doug says, "Let's figure this out," and we roll into the next scene.
1: But yeah. in some ways, I think the the posture adopted by the two islands sort of speaks about. I mean, speaks of like the 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 differences between the two of them, right? Yeah. Because like Krakow is kneeling down in front of um Araco, and Araco is basically just stoic sitting cross leg across from him, and in in what is commonly well. Sh- she didn't really cross her arms because when you cross your arms, you're right? Because the then defensive. you're closed. Yeah, yeah, you're in mm. the closed position. But you know, she's definitely not in a very opening, uh, open, welcoming position, and yeah. that I have to give props to. Well, I don't know whether Hickman dictate that or you know Nodo basically use his own mm-hmm. judgment and draw it in that way. Because I I kind of like that, the differences between the two islands.
2: No, I, I noticed that too. I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, it just, yeah, a little bit of character and personality with these giant mm-hmm. beings. That was cool. Did, did any of you notice that Warlock is no longer on Cypher's arm?
0: No. I no. was more busy trying to, to see if Redroot was coming along with Arako. No. Because I was like, oh, if Doug's going to talk to Arako, maybe this is how we get Redroot back. But no, she, they're still off wherever they are yeah. after X-S1. Yeah. She's yeah. still in another world. Yeah. Paying weird, yeah. off. Paying off her debts. Right. So we come off of the scene into something that everybody's grown to love, which is the quiet council talking in a nine panel grid. I also hated the scene, but let's start with people who maybe liked it. Tyler. I mean, I I think this is pretty fun. Um,
1: It kind of reestablishes everybody's motivation, you know, like Mystic reminding them once again, my wife, my wife I want my wife. And <laughs> my I, wife. You know, and um and this is where I I think that this happens like right after um the X of Source destruction because um uh, Shore is not in a wheelchair here.
2: Mm. It's got no eye patch. That was the only thing I yeah. could notice in that scene was where's her eye patch, man? Yeah. I mean I was that was I thought about that too. Like, is this taking place right after X of Swords or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I had more me just had me more thinking. Like, how much are the other books going to play with the characters on Araco mm-hmm. and what have you? And um, didn't really have an answer here. That's just yeah. what was on my mind. I don't know. Seen that much, but yeah. Of course,
1: sinister <laughs> is like, oh, you know, I am too I'm too I've been through too much. But,
0: but he couldn't give any information because this Sinister wasn't there. Well, at least that was a nice reference. It made me think for a second, I'm like, oh, right, because he doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: has no idea, but he was just pretending, you know.
2: I I don't know if it was the art or just the fact that we've had a couple of really good cancel scenes in the last Mm. few books, but this did not have a lot of, like, punch or oomph to me. It just, it felt like, they they felt small in the panels. It just didn't really have, like, a lot of, like, energy to it, and um, I don't know. Well, there wasn't a lot of conflict in a way. So no. I
1: mean, the fan councils are usually because there are some conflict going on, yeah, or because I don't know, Exodus and Sinister was like going against going on between the two of them., um, yeah. but I mean you know the best part I thought was like Magneto was like speaking, I mean, it's like a fraction of a faction of the fans speaking through Magneto saying, what was the point of all this (laughs) like like the 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 swords the the rituals the tournament and we end up just having another island of mutants
2: i think we all had fun and isn't that the important part? (laughs) no i mean yeah i mean yeah it's just i think it's interesting that araka is going to be araka is going to be a very it seems like not antagonistic but definitely uh not super friendly neighbor I think that's pretty huge for the book it's just the way they're presenting it is not that exciting and they are
1: much bigger they are like 20 times as many Iraqis as there are Krakoans
0: yeah so I yeah yeah. so look I actually really enjoyed Noto's (laughs) art here partially because Mm. I I enjoyed some of the faces that he got to do that we don't always get to see him do I thought he did a beautiful Magneto that kind of Treads the nice line between the more haggard Magneto that I that Shitty did in store and *Sword*, um, sword yeah. and the kind of mm. like virile young Magneto who is fictional but many people still like to draw. Um, I think he did a really <laughs> funny, bemused Nightcrawler. Like I actually liked the work here. I think he, okay. I'm starting to really zone in on his Doug. Him and Rice mm-hmm. together have really done a really nice redefined Doug. And I I will ag- I will agree with Harry though that I think the choice of who to go in tight. And who to be a little wide on felt like arbitrary. Like there's this one yeah. where we get a wider shot of Cape Pride and then a tighter shot of Magneto. And I I just don't know why, which kind of made it feel a little bit, um, not even claustrophobic, just confusing. Whereas I think the best <laughs> quiet council scenes tend to give a reason why the camera is weaving in and out as it goes around the circle. But the problem I had with it actually was, wasn't was just that it was um, another doll nine paddle grid. It was also that... Doug's reason that he gives that they're not getting together feels like it's different than the reason of the whole other book. And maybe this is just a Peter read it too fast, lack of understanding thing. But Doug says, you know... It's not, first he says, I'm not sure they like each other anymore. But mm-hmm. then he says, it's not that easy. The base morphology is there, but the lexicon drift, branching deviations, and syncope, and apocope, I can't say linguistic words, apocope, to say nothing of the environmental changes of how existing in a warlike setting affects an evolving vocabulary. Kate, they don't speak the same language. So it seems like for a minute, we're going to get what to me is this really interesting beat of like, they've evolved on different paths, which seems like it's actually kind of supported by the conversation with Iska but everybody else keeps talking about it just like it's a, it's just like a lover's quarrel or they can't agree. Mm. And I was like, here's this really interesting plot beat about like parallel evolution or island ecology or something that I actually, I thought was the point. And then it just didn't actually feel like we went there. It was one of those things that Hickman's set up and I'm like, Oh, I guess some other books going to talk about it. I don't know. Is it just me being like overly critical? I felt really like there was a disconnect in the middle of that conversation.
2: I just took it as you know that's just kind of setting the stage that these these the islands in particular are not on the same page and that kind of sets up the mood going into how the populations feel about each other. They're they're kind of like separate entities in my mind, but like that is like an interesting aside. But that about the language being different, but that's kind of all I took it as.
0: Yeah, I, like, I mean oh, Tyler, the
1: only ahead. reason I mean the the, the reason that um, the reasons that that uh, gave were mostly focused on lexicons and, you know, on the language itself. But the ability to communicate is just one, um, you know, just one of the reasons why I think they are not um, attracted to each other. You're right. So, so I, I, I mean, I was caught a little bit off guard here because, you know, he says that they do not like each other and then there's a language issue but they don't go any further, like...
0: Yeah, it felt like both in the story, like, diegetically, and Hickman, Mm. they were making a parallel between Krakoa and Arako and Doug and Bay, And that Doug and Bay can't really communicate, but they found common ground, and he's married now. And, like, but these islands can't communicate, and they won't find common ground. And, like, I acknowledge that. Like, it's a theme. But to your point, Tyler, it kind of feels like it, it sort of crested... And then, it, and then it came down from the cross with everybody being like, oh well, they've just got to talk more. And it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like it went to the place that like no. it was supposed to go. Like Doug is this mutant who can communicate with people. It feels yeah. like the more relevant thing was like, well, Doug, you've been able to forge a connection with Bay, you know, Bay, despite your differences. Why isn't that working with Krakoa and Arako? Yeah. I don't know. It just, it really felt like there was something missing. And it, and I've really enjoyed these scenes, but other than the Mawaf from Mystique. I couldn't find any enjoyment here. But then, it does end up with Magneto and Xavier being like, ah, and yet another conversation is, yeah. what are we going to do with all of these additional mutants? Let's mm-hmm. go pay a visit. And so then we totally blow an establishing page on later <laughs> Rocco, Some fucking rocks. Just, just rocks. <laughs> an eyeball. It's rocks. And then Wait, a mutant, the, and then killing me. They're supposed mutant. to
1: be now, towers, you, right?
0: Are they? Yeah,
1: because, because in the image of I mean, in the first big image of Arako, I counted like 10 towers. But these, I thought they were supposed to be towers, but they don't really look like towers. They just look like jagged, jagged stones they, coming out of somewhere. They, well, Because it's like zoomed like in so rocks. far.
0: It yeah. feels like it's zoomed in so far, maybe because it's followed by the eyeball, but also because of the scale of how it goes over the cliff and into the water, that it doesn't feel like the things could be that big. The scale is yeah. just off. Like it that's just true. seems like an establishing shot of like water, and then we mm. go super tight on this eyeball zoom out and have the the kill shot, which I get is meant to like imply hunting. But again, Hickman blowing page after page with these wide panels that actually aren't really doing anything. And I was hoping that this was like a, a, a Lionel Francis you thing, who I actually enjoy, other than his chapped lips. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about it makes me want to put on some chapstick. But I I just thought maybe that's the way he was interpreting Hickman. But then Noto, who I love historically, is doing the exact same thing which makes me just think Hickman is a bad writer.
1: Well, I mean, if you look Sweating. at it... I'm, going, I'm at H- sorry,
0: I hated it. It made me want to just <laughs> take all these books off the shelf and just like frisbee them out of the room because I'm like, why am I reading this corporate IP that they that is terrible? Like, why yeah. why, why don't I go outside and like do jumping jacks? It just made me eat no, everything. I mean, I, 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 this in
1: this case, I kind of have to agree that it's Hickman's fault because if you look at Hick- Hickman's script... It is actually very detailed. And it sometimes establish what the the artist has to draw for him. So so I don't think this is an artistic license that was taken by Nodo. This is probably mm. directed by uh, Hickman. But you know, I am happy to be wrong. I'm happy, you know, if this is not Hickman's fault, but you know, just Nodo um, being a little bit rushed and has to do certain things
0: he's done a lot of issues even if we take the pandemic break into account he's drawn a lot of issues yeah but let's let's take it away from me it's because some people presumably are watching this and enjoy X-Men which I don't (laughs) Um, let's Talk to me, Harry and Tyler, about this Bay the Blood Moon conversation. Because at this point, I was yeah. too seething with rage to even appreciate it. No, no, it's, this not, a comic it's not book Bay. It's iska. iska. Or Iska, right. Iska, iska right? Because yeah. <laughs> her colors changed. Yeah. It's color changed <laughs> because, iska. because she's the litmus paper. She's yeah, now she's like, the second yellow. figure in the line. This one, when you dip her in... Did you just have those G.I. Joes? Or you dip in the water and like they get battle damage or whatever? Anyway. That, <laughs> <laughs> i
2: thought this scene was the closest to good and interesting because it really is just iska and you know therefore rako just taking a full look at krakow and being like oh okay you guys are just getting started and we are not on the same page about a lot of things yeah. and that's interesting i i thought also Noda was pretty good in this i i you know there's a lot of reaction shots that iska has that i think land pretty well and um yeah, it just was, it was interesting. Um, a brief spark before yeah. we got back to Phenomenon.
1: But this was still another rejection from- <laughs> Right, basically- yeah, another rejection. And rejection. The rejection. It's like, now, now the, the Araki's are rejecting the Krakowans, basically. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's so funny because you've got uh, House of X and Powers of Ten are just like, you know, like look at this amazing thing we're making. There yeah. are problems, but this is great. And then Araki just yeah, like, exactly. yeah, you guys are like know. still in you your, guys, your, 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 you your diapers. You are good.
0: He's like, your children <laughs> running a child government.
2: You guys are Fisher-Price <laughs> exactly. people, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it ends with this and, great panel of Magneto, who I feel like Magneto gets it. Like, he just gets it. And then yeah. Xavier's mm-hmm. with the flower pot in his hands. we like, <laughs> <laughs> like, we dropped by a new neighbor. We brought you a gift. And Magneto's like, <laughs> shut up. We're no, but
1: chat. there's there, there is this one panel of like um, Xavier and Magneto being speechless. Yeah. And the look <laughs> on their face. You know, basically both of them were caught flat-footed because yeah. Xavier yeah. was like, oh, so you rule over this world? And he's like, no, not no. exactly. We share it with humanity. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, so these must be formidable humans. Uh, no. They're just
2: humans. <laughs> they're just people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then her face is just like, they're, when she's like, they're like what about What's the that? governments? And she's like, oh, the Great Ring has been around for thousands of years, long yeah. may it reign. What about you? And Magneto's like, we're going to get there. And we, just yeah. Yeah. we have going to We are ruled by wise
1: people. I think that's what he says. Yeah. And
2: then there's like a, yeah. a silent panel of Iska being like, and then I'm judging. Right. You, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. it
1: says, it's, it's here. It says, it's called the quiet council. It's a noble body full of wise leaders and will rule for thousands of years.
2: It's never sounded more dorky and like less confident than that moment. It really just seemed super like trying
1: to (laughs) try to match up with, with with Iska and the ring. And basically it's like, (laughs) and feeling like felt completely because it's like, um, yeah, you guys just started.
0: Yeah. The other thing too, is that uh, if I am, I'm trying to find something redeemable about this issue of (laughs) X-Men is that there's this idea that Iska Changed colors because she changed sides, because in that battle, she realized that they had the upper hand, which also implies as mutandum that there is a way forward with Krakoa and that she accepts that. And yet here, so it's kind of like, you know, within the sovereignty of mutandum, she's sided with Krakoa. But then within the sovereignty of mutantum, she's not necessarily going to go along with Magneto and Sigurd. This is not just a conversation. Iska would not be rejecting them if they were winners. Like, that's how she works. Yeah. So she's basically saying to them, like, you, you didn't come with me with an, come to me with enough of a pitch. I, I'm not even gonna engage on, on this with you. and it's not only a message about the culture, it's who she is. She can't have this conversation with them and it, accede to their wishes and plant their flower because they're not winners. Like and that to me actually, was really interesting. And that was an appropriate amount of subtext, right? You didn't have to dig through like a thousand issues. (laughs) We just saw that this is how Iska's power works. Yeah, I don't know, did you get that aspect too? That she's like, gotta pick a winning horse? She has to, and she's picking Iraqi over Krakow and basically. Right, in this context, in this context of the combined nation, she would rather go with the Iraqi way of doing things. Mm -hmm. at this time at this point in time at this right at this time or come correct with a better offer the next time you bring a flower to my house yeah and then we'll talk But that's yeah. almost something that the X Men need. Like, if we kind of like take a take a step into critiquing them as a as a mm-hmm. fictional society, you know, from within, there's nobody to challenge the Quiet Council right no. now, which we're about to get to with Gina yeah. Scott in a way in the final scene. And so it's like we're trusting these wise people in the Quiet Council, which is basically there just as like a, a shadow government to keep all of the factions in in mm-hmm. in, in opposition line. to each other, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, do we really believe that Mystique, bless her, is the one of the wisest twelve people on this island that should be like maybe? <laughs> no nobody believes that (laughs) nor do they believe that Sinister is either they're there because it's a useful too Tool and because, like actually the first time anybody internal along with Gene has been like actually screw you and I think that that's really kind of intriguing because they've they've never had any pressure back against them yet
2: Mm -hmm. I mean I think they did with with Moira in the back when well, she well yeah there and they put her
0: in her no place and that's where she stayed yeah, but yeah. Th-
2: this feels like this feels like them being uh kind of put down a pig the, put down a peg the same way that uh she did with them back in the beginning
0: yeah um, yeah but they don't respect Moira <laughs> but here they don't have any like power no
2: yeah because <laughs> no they played the
0: whole like we'll know better tomorrow. they like kind of yeah. mansplain that they're gonna do it but <laughs> Iska's like oh really like let me call you on that and the mansplaining yeah. just fell flat <laughs>
2: there's a nice detail in the data page which basically uh the arako is the great ring it's it's yeah. only omega mutants which is just yeah. like a nice touch that like these and guys are just ahead of the game compared to you they've just is, been around longer there is
1: only one measure of worth on arako power
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like well we have sinister he talks a lot so yeah. we're having fun over here you know <laughs>
0: Oh, was yeah. there a data page? I had assumed an entirely new identity that didn't even know what comics were by this time. <laughs> did you, did
2: you it, rage stroke in the middle of this? I, I was <laughs> like,
1: oh, no. And I was like, page. more,
0: you know? I was like, more friggin' names and friggin' circles and friggin' councils and yeah. day and dusk and dawn and arako i think i went outside and played lawn darts or something i don't, I don't know i have no recollection of it no, but Do you, is it there anything kind of, else we should know about this mysterious data page i think there are a few things which i
1: thought was kind okay. of interesting and appropriate <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean the fact that they, they they named the uh fractions you know to different parts of a day kind of speaks to the culture because you know they are constantly at war they can die anytime, so the time horizon is short. Mm. So they name everything to a day.
0: That's right? really so he, very super interesting, Tyler.
2: <laughs> that's a nice. <laughs> that's a good read. I hope yeah. that's what he meant. It's not just like a uh, an alternate draft of names for the the council that he's for just seasons. Using. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean because
1: because you know I mean yeah because I think Krakoa is more of like you know we we are looking a little bit further down the road. So we, we can't afford to, to look at seasons. Whereas, you know, in Arako, when they are in Ameth, they basically are living day to day because they are fighting for, for Survivor. So, you know, when that's, you that's how like, I look at it.
2: When you say it like that, it sounds great. Man.
1: <laughs> but I do have a question. I don't know why Tarn the Uncaring is there. Because <laughs> Tarn the Uncaring, who first appeared in Hellion's issue... Um, in, in during the crossover. He is Ameth. He's a mutant from Ameth. He's not an Araki. He's not the you know the first generation of mutants. So why is he on the ring of Arako?
0: Well and he's uncaring. Why would you want somebody uncaring in your yeah. ring? Well he's
1: powerful because that's the only worth that they have. But I just I just got really confused because I thought they were I mean yeah somehow genesis became the the ruling um the the the, the ruler of like ameth but mm-hmm. did she basically just say oh yeah this this person came in but i thought in in helen's um ton and his locust val, val were going to arako to 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 collect genetic materials of the arako mm-hmm. as uh, araki as well
0: well and so, also you raise a good point about like how did genesis and the four horsemen fit into this were they in the spots? Yeah that are now redacted because like they were four of the most powerful mutants previously so yeah. like i don't or did they supersede the, this council or do, or is this council meant to explain why so many of these people like iska and like redroot were like willing to even negotiate with the horsemen in mm-hmm. um, Swords Stasis, when the swords all came around, because they actually had a relationship with them. Because at the time, I read it as like, why are all these people like agreeing with this War Council? But it actually makes yeah. a lot more sense, I think, if they were all on their version on of the, the Quiet Council, council together. Yeah. But it's kind of just unclear to me if the redacted spots are them, and now it's somebody different, or if it's just meant to be like, oh, future excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
1: I, maybe, maybe Iska wasn't. Is not on on in the, on on the Great Ring. I think Iska's position might
0: might have been Genesis. Oh, and you think Iska now has stepped in because Genesis yeah. is left. Because I, I But Red Root's on there and she's in Other or in other in Otherworld. Yeah. Well, I mean
1: Red Root is basically The Doug. Red Root and Arako is basically Cypher and uh
0: Krakoa. Right. But I mean Red Root's so, on the list, but Red Root's in yeah, Otherworld.
2: In Otherworld. He's like she's like trapped there. Yeah, I mm, think yeah. we do going to take a long vacation from this world's power structure in I this know. book. Maybe we should focus, not us particularly particular, but maybe the book should focus yeah. on something else. No, I mean,
1: I that that is something which I agree because I think we have been through this quite a lot of times. And yeah. even though every time we get a little bit more information, that doesn't seem to move anything too much.
2: Like, you could have the put plot this data page... Move- yeah, put the data page in the beginning of X of Swords. I've been like, oh, yeah. okay, interesting. And then yeah. I do that all my life, you know? I, <laughs>
0: yeah, it feels like information that I would have actually devoured during mm-hmm. X of Swords. Yeah. And now it kind of feels very... So yeah. now we come to the final scene, the final rejection in the mm. words of Tyler. And um, <laughs> here I have a brief brief moment of enjoying this issue because... Rejections! Yeah, multiple. So, Multiple rejections. <laughs> you know, Magneto and Xavier, fresh off their rejection from Iska, are like, "Well, let's redeem our, redeem ourselves in the mansplain Olympics and have Gene yeah. and Cyclops <laughs> here, and basically tell them they're gonna, you're our chosen ones. You're yeah. gonna take the seats." Which kind of is interesting because we talked about in the middle of X of Swords how cyclops is the magneto and gene is the xavier and they're the next generation they yeah. basically see it as we're giving these two seats on the council to to the us like yeah. they, we know they're going to vote with us and they're going to do the things we want because they're the next generation of us and gene <laughs> so, yeah. and cyclops just being like hold up and they looking at each other and like totally turning them down <laughs> Which to me is really interesting because I'm like, may, and, and I felt the direction it was going. And I'm like, they're going to say that the people should choose. This is really interesting. Yeah. But then it kind of took a little bit of a late stage twist because they're like, we've got to reestablish the X Men. Praise, praise what's holy from my perspective. Get me out of this book. But also, <laughs> um, maybe somebody else could write it. But um, also, that they're going to have a vote for who the X Men should be, uh, not yeah. who the members of the council should be. Did that feel like as much of a twist to the two of you as well?
2: Yeah, thought it was great. It was like cool? Let's have an election story that's far away from any sort stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. let's just do of this. Of course,
0: this was supposed to come out probably three months ago yeah. originally. Because of I the was, delay. I was wondering so this if was that like was the in- big tie-in.
1: You know, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's the problem, right? That that was the problem with padding X of into twenty-two chapters because it totally disrupts everything. Because I feel yeah. like if if X or so is just 10 issues and it, it goes through with, you know, I mean, it subverts our expectations and then we come right out of it and we deal with this, it would be so interesting to me because, you know, we, we did not have this lengthy thing which we think is going to lead somewhere and then did not get there. You know, I don't know. But but talking about, you know, um the... The Magneto is Scott, or Scott is the future Magneto, and Jean is the future Savior. Um, Phil did a uh, Nodo Nodo did a really great um panel here, where you see an overhead shot of them in mm-hmm. the X on the um, council, and yeah. you see them standing yeah. right across from each other. That's I a, thought that page. was awesome.
0: If I bought one page yeah. from this issue, that would be the page that I would buy. Like it yeah. just was a great. It just was great. The, the whole arrangement and this is an example to me of like you can have big panels and it doesn't have to suck like things can yeah. happen you can show part like it's showing Gene and Cyclops together with this line of the tree separating yeah. them and then it does that great overhead shot to like establish the parallelism and then it has Gene and Cyclops in the same positions but it plays with camera angles so it's not the tree dividing them and yeah. it lets the camera looks up at Gene it looks a little bit straight on at Cyclops and I'm like that's how you do a four panel page it like there's reasons yeah. that the camera is moving around on this page yeah. and instead of just being like four establishing shots over and over again.
2: It's really good storytelling in that page. It says a lot, which is what you want from a book with people talking.
0: Yeah. So I have
1: a question. Oh, okay, go ahead. And also I was watch. just
0: going to say, also Noto, my designated gene artist, drawing a yes. beautiful, beautiful gene there. <laughs> and also this very affable Cyclops. Like his smile, yeah. He's he's got <laughs> laugh lines. Like he's, yeah. he's genuinely delighted genuinely. by this idea. And yeah. that came across to me in the art here so much more than it did in any of the text. Like if you just read that word balloon, we're going to let the people vote. It sounds like we're going to let the people vote. Like you could read it really yeah. flatly. But he's... Chuckling, like yeah, I read it, really it as, like, we're gonna let the people vote. Vote, like yeah. it just, and I think that that you know, having somebody who can do faces and and expressions like that, like Noto, as opposed to some of the other people that have been on this book so far, maybe yeah. is part of what we're missing as the X factor, and like, given this some juice, like we we need yeah. a little bit more personality here, and I think Noto, you know, whether we liked his overall performance here or not, does always bring that on facial. Mm-hmm
2: yes really really good at faces the man's incredible (laughs) so So i
1: have i have a question because i couldn't i couldn't find a real world analogy of the x-men versus the quiet council here Mm. so because theoretically the government should be the voice of the people in a democratic society but since the quiet council was formed and not formally elected they are not quite the voice of the people So in this case, the X Men becomes the voice of the people, but how is the X Men? I mean, but the X Men are not the ruling council of the people. So now, now, how do they how do they interact? How do they work? So if you know, if the Quiet Council say, "Well, we have to start producing babies." And the and the Krakoans say, oh no 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 no, that's not what we want to do. <laughs> and X Men goes to the Quiet Council and say, no, this is not what we want. Like, you know, like I don't quite, I don't quite know how to, how yeah. to, um, relate these two ideas, the X Men and the Quiet Council, to because I couldn't find a real world um, analogy.
2: I mean, it's it's the superhero. There are going to be superheroes um, while the Quiet Council are being more like governmental decisions, which I just, I can't really picture what that's gonna look like either. Cause they, so far the book hasn't had like an actual X-Men team, but they have been doing big things. So yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure either.
0: So the thing it made me think of, and it's not a perfect analogy, um, is the way that the legislative body is formed in the United Kingdom. Because there is a house of Lords, which historically were people that um, through heredity were in that position now mm-hmm. you can also be appointed there's other ways to get there but then even within the House of Lords and this is this is current there's um the Lords Spiritual who are members of the Church of England uh, and they they're just there you know they <laughs> they don't have like a political affiliation and so the quiet council in its way kind of felt like almost that it's enforced representation from certain people who they feel must have a say. It's like members of the church who are just sitting there because that's the way the government has been formed, whereas the X-Men feels like it's going to be more of like the House of the Commons, the House of Representatives. Like You can even see it in the way that that advertisement is on the mm-hmm. final data page where they're saying the party affiliations because they're basically looking for people to nominate from the different groups and also looking for potentially you know representation from each group, which is different than you know, a a House of Lords or like an appointed house would work. And I Mm -hmm. think it's really interesting to think that does this mean we're going to get an X-Men team that's actually representative of all the titles? Right? Because yeah. if you go down this, the Academos, the Hellfire, Bar Sinister, like these are almost yeah. p- the casts of the different books. So are we now finally coming to the point where X-Men is going <laughs> to unify the books instead of giving them jumping off points because we're going to get one person from each book elected or even like an off-screen character from each book mm-hmm. elected, Right, mm-hmm. like somebody who's not getting the attention in X-Factor and New Mutants but who's going to join us here in this new version of X-Men. To me, th- even though I had already totally went blind trying to get through the previous database, I came back a little bit here because I was like, picture the possibilities.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that they have party affiliations, and I mean, what really caught my eye was like the Iraqi pillow. What, 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 what is that?
0: Well, it's also kind of like New York having like the amount of electoral votes that it has compared to (laughs) to Montana. (laughs) <laughs> right? There's like how many more Rockins? Oh, the Iraqi Pillar, you're gonna, you're gonna get some nominations. It's yeah, like, but is uh, it, are we really going for proportional representation here? Because there should be like 25 <laughs> districts. Yeah. Of a... No, but, yeah. but Araco basically says
1: no to Kakoa. So why are they eligible? I don't know. Do they want an the
0: X-Men, X-Men, X-Men or not? Yeah. And who would you want to see it. from there? Would you want Iska as an X-Men? That would be yeah. interesting. Do we want Bay as an X-Men? I kind of want Bay, but I'm I don't thinking. really want Iska.
1: Oh, oh, I want you know I want the 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 prophet with the with the snake thing coming uh-huh. out from from the crouch.
0: I want the... I want Bay and I want Dazzler because I want to see what happens when Dazzler <laughs> absorbs the crazy sounds that Bay makes with the Doom oh. Note. <laughs> so I'm so hoping, hoping, the, hoping the Dazzler uh, uh, reference in <laughs> Wolverine was foreshadowing to Dazzler being. <laughs>
1: yeah, but Dazzler is not, not in any of the in any of this this uh, party
0: affiliation oh, oh yeah we it tyler we gotta hope. I'm not okay. saying, like i'm not gonna say like oh my liking this title hinges on that yeah. i literally i'm like i wonder what would happen if dazer yeah. and Bay had a conversation uh no the other thing is like what's the difference between the wild hunt and acadimo's
1: that? Yeah, sure i'm not sure
0: so it's nomination time mutants if you had to nominate mm-hmm. one mutant to be on this new x-men team from krakoa Noah rockins tyler who is your nomination Someone that we have not seen for a long time. Longshot. <laughs> Why Longshot? Why should Longshot be on
1: the X-Men? I feel like... He... Wasn't... Written very well by Peter David on his on X-Factor. I'm mm. sorry, Peter David. I really like his X-Factor, but... I don't think he was written really well. So I kind of want that... That happy-go-lucky Longshot back again. And hopefully, you know... Because he is... Always time-jumping... <laughs> So, so this long shot might have been the one that left um, the Australian era and then come straight here. So, so I mean, so that's my wish list in a sense.
0: Okay. Harry, who's your uh, nomination?
2: She's in Sword, but I, th- I just like armor visually. And as a character, I think she'd be a fun addition to a team. Uh, and I feel like she's kind of been moving up and up and up. So keep that going and get her on the uh, democratically uh, formed team. I so this is I, only the wow hunt. Yeah. <laughs> which I complain about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm i torn between two nominations. Maybe you can help me cast my vote. One is for Polaris, because I think mm-hmm. that there's something, even though she's already on X-Factor, because I think there's something really interesting in playing out her opposition to Magneto and Scott's in the same book. And I think Polaris has relatively seldom got to be a character of equal weight to mm-hmm. Cyclops and Jean. And I think this is the chance So I think that that would be interesting for me personally. However, thinking in terms of the story, I'm looking for a new X-Men from X-Men Academy to get nominated because I think it's a chance to have one of them on the book. Mm -hmm. And so it really feels like it's a chance to have um, Surge finally do something. Like, just anything, because they never know. She doesn't have story the way that, like, Mercury has story or Hellion has story. So it's the chance to pluck one of these um, Academy X characters that doesn't really have plot and Mm -hmm. put them on this book. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Who should I go for? Polaris or Serge?
2: Surge that sounded way better. You should do that. (laughs) (laughs) I could tell in the passion. That's the one.
0: Okay. So my nomination is Surge, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, are we looking... Search would be from academics, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Well, there you have mm. it, folks. We are looking for your nominations too. Perhaps this can be our beginning of twenty one because we're not t- nobody's tired of election memes, right? Nobody's tired of them. So let's Feeling start twenty twenty one with an election meme, right? Who's <laughs> yes. your pick for your nomination for the X Men? The X The X. The Who's your X Man or woman X person? Yeah. X. Nbs and gentle people. Uh, that brings us to the end of this discussion of X-Men. I'm sorry I hated it so much, but this is why it's fun to talk about X-Men comics with each other because I was in my room seething as I tend to about X-Men, but this was actually a delightful chat and hopefully I didn't drag the two of you down into I mean, my into my pit below Krakoa where Sabretooth is if, using me as a pillow. As long as
2: you're okay. As long as you're good. <laughs> if, if
1: we are going to be critical, we have to like and dislike, honestly. We can't yeah. like everything all the time because then we are not being critical. No, I mean, I, yeah, this I is... Think that's, this, no, I think this that's, is, that's just
2: what we should do.
1: So, yeah. you know...
2: Sh- I like Hickman much more than you do, Peter. This is not exactly. a good issue. He's been kind of like very... Narratively stagnant through his series during all of this and this is one that's got mashed up with kind of flat art It's like all of those worst impulses at one. It's yeah. not great And you know if you have an existential crisis because of it we're here for you and we're all <laughs> gonna figure it out It's gonna be great guys. Yeah I'm gonna need Faria to support
0: me through this yeah. through this time in my life too because she got she's gotten me through some of my past yeah. rage quits uh when well, I guess the thing that I would end with from my part is I, I'm always rooting for not just X-Men but like comics like i think comics should be good i think that it's my favorite medium for a reason i devote a lot of my time to it for a reason not just to be like frustrated by it so it kind of is just like, I want everything to be batting a 1,000 all the time. And I know that that's just not possible. You know, I'm right now putting together my list of the top comics of this year. I read over 2,000 comics out in 2019. And to say that X-Men is one of the best comics of this year, I just don't think you can. I think there's so many good comics, I won't spoil my list. But like yeah. I just want to see X-Men and the whole X-Men line swinging as hard as the best comics that are out in all of the medium in all of the industry and it's happened before and I know it can happen again yeah. and that's the standard that I'm holding it to, right? Like, I think yeah. pretty widely Hell we can say that Hellblazer <laughs> was one of the best comics of this past year. It's on a ton of year-end lists. I won't yeah. reveal its spot on my list but, like, I want to be able to have a real meaningful debate that X-Men is as good as Hellblazer. That That's what mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Yeah,
2: the the only good parts of this issue is thinking what's going to happen next, and that's not a good sign because there's nothing happening in the issue that's giving you any enjoyment. It's just like, ooh, I wonder what'll happen. Later. Well,
1: which is which is which is why I think this will read much better in a trade or an omnibus, yeah, because where you can it's just, not just jump single right issues. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the the positive there is, oh, don't worry, you can read something else quickly. That is our positive <laughs> for this issue. Well,
0: that's the positive we're going to leave you on here. Don't worry. Because if you didn't like this issue or if you didn't like our conversation, there's more X to talk about next week, and X-Men is better when it is read together. So on the behalf of myself, of my co-hosts, colleagues, and friends, Tyler and Harry, thank you so much for joining us for another This Week in X. We will be back to talk about more X-Men comic books, and we hope you are well now and that you'll be well when you return to us then. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. Happy Happy New New Year, everybody.